0: We are continuing our journey this morning in the book of 1 John, and we have now made it to chapter 5. Uh, So, this is the next to the last sermon in this series. So, go ahead and take your Bibles this morning, find 1 John chapter 5, and we are planning to look this morning at the first 12 verses. And while you are turning there, just want to remind you of the context, as I always do. You've heard me say before, you'll hear me say it again today. Context is so important. But it, the book of First John was written by John somewhere in the time period of AD 70 to AD 95. And then there is a recurring theme that we see over and over as we read through the book of First John. And it's really, really easy to see once we are completely digesting the text. But this theme that appears over and over is this. is God is light... And God is love, and believers show their love for God by loving each other. And that's exactly what we are called to do as believers in Jesus Christ. So hopefully you have found the text in your Bible this morning. If not, it will be on the screen. And I want to invite you right now, as I always do, if you are physically able to stand, would you stand, please, to honor the reading of God's Word. 1 John chapter 5 For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son, have life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Father, now for the next few minutes, what I pray that you will just hide me behind your cross. What I pray that I will preach this text completely and correctly. What I pray that you will open our ears to hear, our minds to understand, our hearts to receive. What I pray this morning, if if there are people here that are hearing my voice, whether they are physically in the sanctuary or whether they are joining us through the live stream this morning, if there is one person who is hearing my voice that is not ready to stand before you on that day of judgment, Lord, I pray that this would be the day that your convicting power will fall. I pray that we will see you save and set people free this morning. What I pray that we will leave here rejoicing because Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Father, may all that occurs here today bring praise, honor and glory to you and to you alone. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the title of this morning's message is this, Faith is the Victory. Faith is the Victory. Now, as we begin to look at verses 1 through 5 this morning, we're going to see this. True followers of Christ prove our love by demonstrating obedient Faith, And maybe this morning, as you hear that statement, you might be wondering something like this. Faith in what? What kind of faith are you talking about? Well, let me just give you a short answer right now, and then we'll go deeper here in just a few minutes. But in a nutshell, it's faith in believing that Jesus is who God says that He is. Faith in believing that Jesus is who God says that He is. Now as we look at verse 1, this verse tells us everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. So as we think about what that verse is really telling us, we can see through that verse that if we love the Father who is God... If we love God, then we will love His Son, Jesus, as well. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? The vast majority of us have gone, grown up in church, and we know that that's exactly how it's supposed to work. That if we love a father, we should love the child. But what is that the way it always happens in a traditional family you know, I would venture to say that probably we all know of situations where there are children that are in conflict with their parents or parents in conflict with their children. Or maybe it's siblings that are at conflict or at odds with each other. And you know, I want to tell you this morning, that's not God's design. That is not God's desire for any of our Physical families. It's not, and it's certainly not His will for a church family to be at odds with each other. We are supposed to keep our eyes upon Him. And you know, I think sometimes we just need to stop and evaluate our hearts and and make sure that our eyes are focused on Jesus. Now, verses 2 and 3 tell us that. By this, we know we, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and that we obey His commandments. And then we see this sentence, and His commandments are not burdensome. Now, God's commandments are not always easy, are they? They are not always easy to keep. But I want to ask you a question. Do you describe God's commandments as being burdensome. If you were looking at your own life, would you say, it is burdensome for me to keep God's commandment? Now, I want to I give you an illustration right now. Men that are married, if that, if that describes you, if you are a married man this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you love your wife because you have to? Or do you love your wife because you want to? Now, there's a big difference in those two things. If if you look at your wife and say, well, God's Word says that I have to love you. God's Word says that I have to love you as Christ loved the church. And as, by that, I'm going to love you. If that's the mentality that you look at that, then it's probably going to be burdensome for you to love your wife. But when we look into that and realize that God's given us spouses, we get to love them. Not only do we get to love them, we get to love them like Christ loved the church. That is the expectation. And when we look at it that way, then it is not burdensome. It is not burdensome to love our spouses. And we can apply that same thought process to the commandments. If we truly love God, then we will have a true desire in our hearts to keep His commandments. Those commandments will not be a burden to us, And, you know, we get to the place where we realize, we come to the realization that sin has a price tag attached to it. And it is a big, big price that we end up paying for sin. And so when we come to that realization, when we look at it like that, then we can see that keeping his commandments, they are truly not a burden. It's something that we get to do. It's something that we get to do. It should be something that we want to do. So as we move on to verses 4 and 5, we see that God's Word tells us, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is? is the son of God. Now I'll tell you these two verses are often misunderstood and as a result they are often mis- misapplied. So let me just ask you a question. When we look at these two verses, are these verses are they meant to indicate that anyone who commits a sin, anyone who gives in to temptation, are these verses saying that then they have not overcome the world? Are they, are these verses saying that that person is truly not a Christian? Let me just quickly answer that question for you. No, no, that is not what these two verses are saying. Not at all. Remember back in chapter four, verse four, John tells us this, little children, you're from God. You have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that he who is in you, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If you are a true follower of Christ then this morning, then the victory 's already been won. It has already been, one, remember the union that we have in Christ and remember that we as believers, we refuse to deny Him. So maybe you're wondering this morning, can I claim the victory now? And the answer is absolutely yes, you, as a believer of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can claim that victory now. I think it was James praying in his prayer just a few minutes ago. He reminded us eternal life does not begin when we die. Eternal life begins at the moment of salvation. So we can indeed claim the victory right now. Remember, Jesus tells us in John sixteen thirty three: Take heart, I have overcome the world. And can I tell you this morning, He means it. He means it. He wants us as His children to take heart and realize that He has overcome the world. I want to challenge you. Claim the victory this morning that is available to us in and through Jesus Christ. And so maybe you hear that this morning and you're thinking something like this. So what is the basis of this victory. Well, it's our faith. It is our faith. You see that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's exactly like the Scripture says. Nothing absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing this morning means nothing. It's exactly like the Scripture says. Now, I do want to remind you, I'm talking about the true believer. Now, we can think of it this way. The believer is victorious over the world because of the faith that we as believers have in Jesus Christ. I wonder this morning, do you have that faith that I'm talking about? If you do, these two verses are meant to be massive encouragement for each of us as we are on this journey. So as we look at the remainder of our text this morning, we're going to see in verses 6 through 12 that Jesus offers eternal life. Now, you'll probably probably remember throughout this sermon series, I've made a list of statements, and I have said something like this. That just sounds like a given, doesn't it? Well, you can add this one to the list of things that sound like a given. Jesus offers eternal life, and that's, a good, that's good news this morning. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Now, when you hear those three verses, when you read those three verses, you might actually wonder, why do these verses appear right here in the text? It almost seems like that possibly they're out of place. And let me tell you something. You know, I I say almost in every sermon that context is so very important. And this is just another example of why context is, is so important as we read the Scriptures. Now, remember one thing that John is combating right now as he is writing this text. He's dealing with false teachers and the effects that their false teaching has had on the hearers. So maybe this is something that you might not be aware of. At the time that John wrote this letter, there was a false teacher named Seraphus. This man, listen what he taught. And then I think you'll probably be amazed that people believed him. But they did. This man, he was a false teacher. And he taught that Christ was a spiritual being who came, out, came down on Jesus as he was being baptized. But he taught that he left... Prior to the crucifixion. and just imagine how insane to us does that sound. We know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We know that. These people should have known that. But there was somebody likely standing in a pulpit preaching something that was contrary to the Word of God. And people were believing it. Again, hear me, this man was a false teacher. He taught things that were not true, but people were falling for it. And I want to tell you this morning, it is so important. I think it was last week when I talked about the responsibility that we have to take what we hear and compare it to the Word of God. You know, there are people that preach on TV today. There are people that you can listen to podcasts of easily that teach things that are contrary to the Word of God. today that happens. It never ceases to amaze me in conversations with some people. They will say, well, I listen to, I'm not going to even say the name of the person. I listen to them and they preached a wonderful sermon and it's somebody that is preaching a prosperity gospel. Don't fall for that mess. Do not fall for that mess. Take what you hear and compare it to the Word of God, and then you will not be deceived. But we see in these verses that the Holy Spirit is joined to the witness of the water and the blood. Those are not separated, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that He is born concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning His Son. Now, perhaps it would be easier to understand these three verses if we first think about what do we typically think of when we are thinking of a witness. I don't know how many of you have ever had the privilege of serving on a jury, but if you ever get that opportunity, you are probably going to hear testimony from various people. So what would you be looking for as you think about. The person's going to be giving the testimony. You'd be looking for somebody that you believe is reliable, wouldn't you? Somebody that you believe is going to tell the truth. Something that what comes out of their mouth actually means something and is true, not somebody who is saying something that is not True, we are looking for witnesses to be reliable. Now, when we are thinking about the divine testimony that is described in verses 9 and 10, it comes from God. It comes from God. And we should accept that testimony because God's Word is higher than any human testimony. Verse 10, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. And then it says, whoever does not believe or accept this testimony has made him a liar, has made God a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his son. So in a nutshell, if we decide that we're not going to accept or believe God's testimony or any part of it, then we make God out to be a liar. And can I tell you, that is serious business this morning. You see, there really is no middle ground. We are either for God or we are against Him. That's the way it is. We are for God or we are against Him. There is no middle ground. And when we think about the testimony that God gave, it's remarkable. He gave us eternal life. And then it says, and this life is in His Son. Do you have that life this morning? Do you have that eternal life? Has it began for you? Has that eternal life began for you this morning? Remember, just as we discussed a few minutes ago, eternal life begins at the moment of salvation. It's not something that we wait for. Yes, we will if we are truly following Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The day is coming when we will spend all eternity with Him, and we should be praising God for that. But never forget that eternal life begins right now if we have accepted the testimony of God and decided to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This says, whoever has the Son has life. I think it's Rick that's got, he may have it on this morning, a shirt. He's at least got some shirts that say something like, I'm one of the whoever's. Something to that effect. Are you one of the whoever's? Are you one of the whoever's? You can be. This morning, as we think about the invitation, first of all, it is for anyone who does not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Again, whether you are sitting in this sanctuary this morning, whether you're listening on the live stream or through the radio broadcast, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this invitation is for you, and I urge you, don't, don't put off your salvation. Don't put it off. Tomorrow's not promised to you on this earth. This may be the last opportunity that you get. And I would love to talk to you about salvation. If you are not currently a follower of Jesus Christ, it truly is as simple as we discuss in Bible school that children accept. Salvation is not difficult to understand, nor is it difficult to receive. Do you know Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior? second part of the invitation this morning remember the title of this morning's message is faith is the victory maybe this morning you've realized i don't, I don't have the faith that i should we all struggle at times the the weight of the world can seem enormous at times can't it yes yeah, the answer is yes the weight of the world seems enormous At times, sometimes I think we need to take a step back and just be still and know that He is God. To know, to have the faith that He is exactly who He says He is and that He will do exactly what He says that He will do. So maybe this morning you need to come and pray just simply because you have a lack of faith and that you want to keep your eyes on Him and demonstrate your faith going forward. Perhaps you're here this morning and you have another burden. You don't have to tell me what it is. But it would be much easier if you would tell God and lay it at His feet. Burdens truly are lifted at Calvary. Maybe you have some other type of situation that you just need to come and pray about. I encourage you, whatever whatever the issue is, let's lay it at the feet of Jesus. And let's have faith to realize that our faith is the victory. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for the day that you've given us. Father, we give you just praise for knowing what you have done for us through Jesus Christ by offering that gift to us. Lord, we realize that that we can indeed have salvation. Lord, I pray this morning that if there is anyone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Father, may this be the day that you're convicting power false. What I pray that we will see people ask you to be their Lord and Savior this morning. What may you do the immeasurably more that our minds can even think to ask or imagine. Father, I pray that in the times of my life that I hadn't had the faith that I needed to, what I just confess that. What I pray, I pray that. We will realize that I will realize that faith is indeed the victory, and that we can claim that right now. What I pray, I pray that if there are people here that are carrying burdens this morning, may this be the day that those burdens are laid at your feet. Where we realize that you are sufficient for any and every need, for any and every circumstance. I, I just give you praise for that. Lord, I pray that you will move mightily today in and through your people. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.